Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the August episode 38 of Hemos Unite. Uh, just a quick disclaimer, I am not a doctor, nor are any of my guests when I have guests. I am just a mom that wants to give back to the community and saw a need back in 2014 when I started this thing to have a podcast so that people could listen any time of day or night and not feel like they don't want to reach out to another mom and give a call when it's two in the morning and you feel like, gee, this is way too late to wake somebody up because I'm spiraling out of control because I just need to talk to somebody. So you could just kind of pop on this podcast here and listen to a story or maybe get a little inspiration or just not feel so alone. So while anything that I say or my guests say on this podcast is information for you, make sure that you always reach out to your medical professional and see what they think before you try anything. But I'll never tell you what to do. I just throw it out there and see what sticks. So apparently a lot has been sticking. For the last couple of months, I've been getting a lot of questions about how I transitioned my son into his care. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and what I've learned on this podcast. But uh, we'd like to thank Shire for hosting this podcast. The Shire Hematology Support Center is a team of experts dedicated to helping you access your Shire Hematology treatment. This includes helping you to understand your insurance coverage. Uh, We would all like a little help with that, wouldn't we? And your available financial assistance options like Shire's copay assistance program. This program provides 100% coverage for eligible out-of-pocket copay expenses up to the program maximum for eligibly blah 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 for eligible commercially insured Shire patients. That is a mouthful. To find out more, visit hematologysupport.com today. And as usual, on the show notes, I have a little link to the sponsor, and it'll go straight there if you click that link. And today it is the HSC logo at the bottom of the podcast page. So thanks, Shire. Okay, so we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be a quick one because a lot of you only have a 10-minute drive. Unless you live in LA, then you have a 10-hundred-minute drive to anywhere you need to be. (laughs) But um, lots of people ask me how I've gotten my son to where he is and where he can explain his disorder. And I will give you a little disclaimer. My son is only in elementary school. So a lot of this stuff I have learned from other parents, and it's on my list of things to try. Um, So I will let you know how I did it and then what I'm going to put into place. So one of the most important things I learned was from my one of my hemo besties, Jessica, and she's in one of the podcasts, which I will link below if you want to hear her story. And one of the things that stuck out the most to me on her podcast was that she, in hindsight, may have waited another year before transitioning his care to him. For example, when he had to take over sticking himself with a needle, she might have waited another few months until he was a little bit more willing and ready. So that has really stuck with me while I've been trying to get my son to want to take over care. So thanks, Jessica. So I'm just going to discuss the steps I'm taking right now to get him to do as much as possible when we're factoring and ordering and storing his meds and how I talk to him to mentally prepare him to take over eventually. We have not, he has never tried to stick himself. He's never tried to stick me or his dad. So we are way behind, but these are the things that I'm trying to do, learning from other parents and 
we will probably have a podcast talking about more of the transitioning into college and high school and other things like that, as I'm going to be making that a focus of probably next year coming up or maybe throughout the next few podcasts, because that's important. And I've been getting a ton of questions about them. So the first thing that we do in any sitch when we're in, when I'm introducing something new to our family is I talk about it a lot at the dinner table and I plan it out. I am not a planner by nature, but I like to do it because it keeps me a little more focused. I am very, I'm a very unfocused person and I am ruled by my emotions. So in an effort to not have my son <laughs> inherit these faults of mine, I try to make a plan and stick to it as much as I can while also allowing for spontaneity. So one of our plans is talk about it. Um, I write out things that I'm going to say and possible situations uh, to bring up at the dinner table so that there is a conversation so that is making familiarity with the topic. And hopefully it's the more we talk about it, the more it will pique my son's interest and he'll ask a question about it or take it upon himself to do some research. From the very beginning, we had his medical alert bracelet. So we talk about that all the time. He knows what it is. He can tell me what his his condition is and he can tell another person what he has. He still can't really describe it, which is what we're going to be working on over the next few months is, well, what does it actually mean? I feel like I'm a little behind in that area with him being able to actually comprehend it. So you're going to be watching a lot of videos. There's a lot of good videos out there, thankfully now, about what the actual scientific gobbledygook behind it is. I'm not a scientist, so I rely on other people to make the sciencey stuff so that I can watch it. So along with, we introduce it, and then we talk about it, and then we kind of act it out. So we've talked about his hemophilia. We talk about what it does. We talk about how important it is to have the medication. We talk about me messing up all the time. I have hemophilia, but as of yet, I still can't get a prescription, which is awesome. So when I have sticks on myself because I'm practicing and or using expired factor. Should I say that out loud? I think we'll just keep going. Maybe nobody noticed. I still miss because I'm not good at it. So we talk about practice a lot, which is setting my son up to know I have to practice to do this. This is all in theory. Um, (laughs) But in other aspects of life, this has worked out. This theory has worked out the way that I lay this out and teaching my kid things. So I've included him on ordering. So he needs to do an inventory every month on his supplies. And then he helps me write the list. And then I will type it out in the email and send it off to order the supplies and how much factor he needs. Well, how do we know how much factor he needs? Well, he keeps a journal. It's a 99-cent store paper journal, uh, paper agenda. I like the weekly because there's room to write things down and put your factor sticker there. I do know that there are tons of fantastic apps out there that people like to use. But for me and for my son, who isn't an app person per se, he he is an app person, but only for games. For me, being able to flip through the pages and actually write things down and being able to see my entire month on one page or my entire week on one page is more beneficial to me. So. If he has a nosebleed at school or a head bump, he has to write it down in the journal. And then he also puts the factor sticker on the specific day. So hopefully, 
teaching him the days of the week too and the dates to be aware, be situationally aware of what's going on around you. Um, caveat, my son is in elementary school. I don't know if I said that already, but so we are, we're not high on the transitioning yet, but I do get a lot of questions. People know that my, how old my son is and so I'm answering them all here instead of writing 16 emails. <laughs> so hopefully this helps you guys. Um, oh, he also will load all of the factor supplies. So when you're, ro we have one closet to rotate all of our supplies in and make sure that nothing is recalled or out of date. And then from there, we put it into a little bag. We put it into six, seven, I think we're up to eight little bags that because they send you a million plastic bags with your order. So we just use those plastic bags over and we set up everything in the bag. So saline, we have a port. So saline, heparin, all the stuff, the alcohol wipes, the Band-Aid, the little, what are they called? Um, hand sanitizer thingies that you get. We got some from CVS a long time ago. I think it was like three years ago. I mean, a gobs of them and we still have them. So there's one in each bag so that we have a little tiny uh, squeezy of hand sanitizer in each bag. And what else? You know, all the stuff that goes into it. And he has to tell me what's in it, and he has to pack each bag and the factor, because now factor can stay out of the fridge, you know. So we have that whole month out. And what we do now is he packs them, and then we grab it that day of factor, and either I lay it out sometimes if he's busy doing homework or whatever. He knows exactly what's in it. And then I kind of quiz him. You know, what is the saline for? Why do we use heparin? What is heparin? And then some days he gets it and some days he doesn't, but that's totally okay. I let him slide on certain days because you know what? Some days you know the answer and you just really don't feel like talking about it. And I'm okay with that. While we're talking about it, the theory is we're talking about it, he's going to know it in his sleep. If he's going to have to talk somebody through this or if he's going to have to do it himself, he can say, oh no, we do the saline, then we do the factor, then saline, then heparin. So another huge tip that has worked in life along with transitioning is from Judy from the Bear Team. So we did an event together um, in New Mexico. We were talking about a bunch of stuff and she had a tip, which is wonderful. And it's, it's as we all know, it's all in how you present it and all in how you say it. It's all in the wording. If you've listened to any of the Von Ripley podcasts or any of his YouTubes or anything he's done, it's all in the way you approach it. It's all in what you mentally tell yourself and the words that you use. So this fits perfectly with that. She said to tell your kids when before they start sticking themselves and prior, way prior to this, we're doing it right now, is you're going to be so good when you decide to take over. You're going to be way better than I am at this because you know your body better than mommy knows your body. So I've been using that and I've been trying to set up other things in his life like that as well. Just trying to give him that extra boost of confidence. And then I also back it up with other reinforcements along the way. So, you know, mommy isn't good at it yet because I haven't practiced enough. So when I have six Band-Aids on my arm is because I need to practice more so that I only have one Band-Aid like you have on your port. So hopefully those two ideas, practicing and it's okay to make mistakes and I am going to be good at this. Hopefully those two are going to mesh, which builds his confidence, but also lets him know, you know, you're going to be really good at this. You're going to be great at this. 
and it's going to alleviate some of the fear in him because <laughs> I still have fear when I'm poking myself and I just have to fake it when I'm with him. But I do tell him, like, I feel a little bit of fear right now, but I'm very calm when I tell him this, like when he watches me. I feel a little scared, but I, I know I have to take my medicine, so I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be real strong. So that's what I do with him. It's all about setting him up. And the last thing that I wanted to just kind of a tip for you guys today was how I, this is not the right way, <laughs> I don't think, this is not the only way, this is just a tip, how I have been setting him up mentally to mentally be able to take apart his feelings and look at them objectively. I cannot do it. Check that. I can't do that yet. Yet is a very powerful word. I'm very emotional. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm impulsive. Like all of these things that kind of create a little storm in me sometimes, which are very hard to control. So I don't want that for him. I want him to be able to have control of his emotions, but also have emotions. So when he has a big feeling or is scared or is hurt or is crying or is just sometimes whining because he didn't get what he wanted, sometimes those, as you know, if you have an elementary or a toddler, those feelings are huge and they explode and I don't know if you guys watched the Animaniacs when you were younger, but Katie Kaboom comes to mind often. She was a teenage character, but I feel like Katie Kaboom lives with me, A in me, and B in my kids sometimes. So we don't want Katie Kaboom to come out. We want to be able to have really big feelings, recognize they are big feelings, fear, anger, frustration, sadness. You know, any of those feelings that are kind of overwhelming and sometimes for little kids they can't handle. I get down on his level so that I'm not standing over him when I'm talking to him about feelings. And I look him in the eye and I say, you're having a really big feeling right now. It's not a bad feeling. It's just really big. So when you're ready, we're going to figure out how to figure out this feeling. Kind of a mouthful. Sometimes it, it makes his mind work a little bit. Because I'm not saying we're going to figure out how to get you to shut up. I mean, we're going to figure out how to make you stop feeling this. We're going to figure out how to figure out what's going on. And so a lot of the time, it's been easier and easier for me to get him out of that, you know, intense whining, intense crying, because there is something going on. You know, he didn't get what he wanted, or he doesn't want to go to sleep, or he wants to go play with his friends, or or I've been giving him too many directions in in one string and it feels like mom's just barking orders at him all day long well psh, that sucks and I get it we stop and I say when you're ready like go ahead and have this feeling but please go in your room if you want to have this feeling or if you need me to give you a hug in order to help you figure get time to figure out the feeling let's hug so my goal is instead of saying stop crying or invalidating his feelings. I'm just trying to get him to do these. There's other things you can say. There's a lot of tricks you can use. You can say things like, I'm here with you. I'll be here when you're ready. Or it's okay to be sad. Or I hear that you need space. You know, there's little tricks like that. And you can hit the Instagram or the parenting pods to get all kinds of good stuff. Um, one thing I did do was I there was an Instagram story, and you know what? I'll try and link it in the podcast if I can find it. What I did was I just took a snapshot of it on my phone, and then I printed it out at home, and it's 10 things to say, 
excuse me, 10 things to say instead of stop crying. And I carry it around with me in my wallet in case we're having a moment because it works with anger and things like that. And I would take it out when he was having these feelings and I would look at it. Well, one time we were having a moment. I just done it a couple times. One time we were having a moment and I couldn't look at this. Maybe we were driving or something. So I just grabbed it out of my wallet and I said, "Hun, can you read this to me? I know you're you're having a big feeling right now, but can you read this to me to help mommy so that I can help you figure out the feeling? He read it to me and by focusing on reading the card, he was telling that stuff to himself and he stopped crying. He was calm. And I, then I asked him, which it was amazing because it worked faster than anything I could do. And I asked him, do any of those words on that page, do they apply to how you're feeling? And he, and he picked out the actual one that he was feeling and then we talked about it. It was amazing. So you know what? I am going to hunt that down and try and put that in the show notes for you guys. Oh my gosh, I've been talking for 18 minutes. Too long. Okay, guys, I will try to get some more people on here who have way more experience than me when you're starting to transition your, your child to their care. But I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. Please let me know. I know you guys aren't shy with the text messages or the DMs. Uh, if that helped you or if you have any other tips and tricks because that's how we grow and that's how we learn and how we get better as parents is to share. Thanks again to Shire. Need help paying for your treatment? If you are commercially insured and on a Shire hematology treatment, you may be eligible to receive 100% coverage for eligible out-of-pocket copay expenses up to the program maximum with Shire's copay assistance program. Visit hematologysupport.com to learn more about your options and see if you're eligible. I will see you all in September, everybody. Thanks for listening to Hemos Unite and for the support. Um, we've been around for quite a while. And... I really appreciate you guys keeping me going.